All right. So we, we just broke the news to Jess about Ethan Finlay not returning to Minnesota more than likely. And she immediately, um, while you were uh, on the phone, MJ immediately was like, I need to go have a smoke break. So what do you think she's feeling right now? Um, I think she's feeling the world. And by the world, I mean the weight of the world. These are all of the feelings, all the feels, if you will. I mean, Ethan Finley not only is a Minnesotan, Wisconsin, Midwesterner, he's one of the most outspoken people in charge of the MLS Players Association. He's a team leader. How much work do you think that cigarette is doing right now? You know what? Probably not as much as her imagining that dad bod running far, far, far away from from her. Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Episode 223 of the Dave's and podcast, the uh, Loons Postmortem podcast, uh, which we don't like to do at the 2021 post-mortem. 2021 postmortem. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> this particular year postmortem. Um, <laughs> Back from Thanksgiving, uh, we all had a nice little Thanksgiving break. We didn't have to go to Colorado to watch a soccer match. Yeah. Wah, wah. Who wants to do that? Um, unfortunately uh Obviously. so we have the we have the regular crew here uh jess uh how was your thanksgiving and what are you what are you consuming tonight in this uh 2021 oh. postmortem uh beverage situation this year is brought to you by merry christmas have yourself a merry little christmas it is like 50 proof spiced rum one ounce or part, if you will, let's not get too technical. It's one part, (laughs) one part, dark cacao, whatever that shit is. And one part Irish cream. And then a Keurig K cup of hot chocolate. Hot damn. Have a merry little Christmas. (laughs) If you so choose to celebrate that way. It's uh, it's also Hanukkah. Uh, it's the second night of Hanukkah, I believe, or third night of Hanukkah. Third night of Hanukkah. I think second it's the third night of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Is second, second night of Hanukkah, for, first day of Advent. Okay, so second night of Hanukkah. So yes, uh, or or as what uh, time is it? I don't Smokey know. Smokey Robinson, uh, you, uh, Smokey Robinson said in a uh, uh, a cameo uh, last year, Chinooka. It's the second night of Chinooka. Chinooka. <laughs> uh, all right, MJ. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving and what are you uh, consuming uh, to uh, review this 2021 Minnesota United season? I'm drowning my sorrows 
of the loon season being over in Dewar's light white label scotch. And classy, right? I, I don't know, scotch. Is that classy? Uh, it's probably mid-level. Um, it was given to me as a gift because I can't afford scotch. So <laughs> I'm uh, sure there's a scotch out there you could afford. You just wouldn't want to drink it. I, yeah. Well said. My Thanksgiving was wonderful. Uh, my cousin's children taught me how to play outfoxed, which is like clue for younger kids, teaching them the process of elimination. And mm. it's collaborative. So everyone's trying to find find the suspect together. Sounds super wholesome. Yeah, I did not even lecture them about propaganda. Good, I think. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> speaking of propaganda, my uh, <clears throat> um, so my grandmother uh, had in a she and we have we still have it at our house an original elf on the shelf like in the box with all the shit in it. And, oh uh, my man, aunt, Beanie Baby, my aunt. My aunt gave it to me a couple years ago when after Ragnar was born. I was like, hey, do you want this? Like grandma had it. She you know, she never opened it. She just had it. And I think she, was, she wanted to give it to a grandkid at some point. Fortunately, she was like not around to see the grandkids be born. Um, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll take it. But I'm, I was like, I told Anna, I was like, we're not putting that fucking thing up. Like uh, also you can't stop. You can't nope. ever stop. Also, never uh, showing the kid Paw Patrol. Uh, somebody gave my son Paw Patrol stickers. And you were like, these are just dogs. Yes. However, <laughs> um, he has, a, there's a couple of dog shows that he enjoys on Disney, Disney Plus, mm -hmm. uh, Puppy Pals um, and uh, Bluey, which is an Australian show, which is actually fucking great. Um, mm. and, pu and Puppy Pals, uh, not bad either. Um, but he noticed that the dogs on the Paw Patrol stickers were different dogs. And he asked and Anna, like, what, what? He asked Anna, it's like, can I, can we watch these dogs? Oh. Which Anna was like, I don't think we have those dogs to watch. They're on Paramount Plus. And I told she, she was like, well, do we, do we actually have them? Like, actually, technically, we could watch Paw Patrol. I'm like, but we're not fucking watching Paw Patrol. I literally made Anna throw out a ball that was a Paw Patrol ball. It's like, as much as I want him to like throw balls, like, not, nah, no, fuck not. We're not having that fucking Paw Patrol shit in this house. So, anyways, my Thanksgiving was great. I'm drinking a, uh, I'm drinking a Hop Clouds uh, Northeast Wanderers Wanderlust IPA, part of their um, uh, fundraising efforts, as well as a, uh, I'll be dipping into the Blade and Bow Bourbon that was procured for me from in Louisville by friends of mine and MJ's actually. Uh, yeah, they sit watching. with me in Allianz, so you can yeah you for, can for shout out their names. They probably listen. Dustin and Dustin and Lori for watching their cat. Uh, every bottle comes with a key and apparently if you get all five keys, uh, you get to have a key party. Um, and apparently there's some uh, cool thing that I happens. I can't decide if I love this gimmick or I hate it. I don't know. I have key number three. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm on the search for keys one, two, and four and five. So if you have a do, bottle of the blade and bow, do they, know. do they detail what's involved in said key party before you start collecting? Cause I feel like these are details I'd need. I don't know. I would, this is just what just Dustin told me. So maybe it's his some sort of weird kinky sex thing that he wants to do. And please which... inform us of this gimmick. D Dustin, um, at DL uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Know what a key party is. 
I'm pretty sure Dustin and Lori are not into uh, not into key parties, so um, I'm not I too know worried about that. This so. is why it's a gimmick, right? Because nobody has key parties anymore. This this is just a vaguely tangential, like inherited memory, as far as we're concerned. And that's exactly why it's a marketing gimmick. Just like our parents' oldies, those are motherfucking commercials now, baby. And you think it's gonna change when we're old? And no, 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 no. Nostalgia sells. Even sometimes the key slides in nice and easy. Other times, you know, you have to jiggle it a little bit. You know. Not. I'm not joining this party. Have you ever had sex, MJ? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry, MJ. Moving, moving along. Let's uh, let's let's jump in to the to the actual podcast and not uh, that's the cold sexual, open. Not the I mean, weird sexual. Looking at my face, you'd say no, but surprisingly, <laughs> yes. Uh, I kid, I kid. Obviously, obviously, you fucked MJ. We all know this. Um, you're a fucking machine. Uh, all right. So how we normally do this is we break it down by position. Um, we're not going to talk about every single player in these positions but i think we'll just each allegedly you know, take a, allegedly i like i said i i've reserved the right to cut mics if if i if i feel the need to um but we all i want to kind of just talk about each of these each of the positions so we'll break it down a little bit between the defense um and the attack we'll kind of break it down into the the wings forwards center backs fullbacks um talk a little bit about i'm going to just say who the players were that were on the team this year um and then you know each of us can spend a minute or two and, and talk about what was great, what we didn't, what we didn't Waxing like. Poetic. Uh, yes, but keep it sh- concise. Um, you know, couplets, if you will. And I am pentameter, bitches. Yeah. Um, if we can do it on an iambic pentameter, great. That would be fucking fantastic. But I'm g- guessing that we that we all can't. And then uh, we're each going to give grades. Uh, and we have di- we have not told each other what our grading system is going to be. Um, so it's going to be a fun adventure to figure out what the grading systems will be for everybody. So, uh, let's start, uh, as we always do in the back with, uh, keeper Miller, Tyler Miller, Dane St. Clair, uh, uh, Zendejas and, uh, the off forgotten, uh, Fred Emmings, who I believe turned 18 years old this year. Um, homegrown signing Fred Emmings, who's never seen the pitch for Minnesota United. And how uh, long has he been with us? Three years now, I think. Um, God, that's got to suck. Like, Yeah, I think he signed when he was 15. I think he's 18 now. So anyways, uh, Tyler Miller. That's signed from our U13, our, U14. Yeah, our now, our now defunct academy program. Yeah. yeah. Um, or now reimagined academy program. Anyways, um. Dane St. Clair started the season 0-4. Tyler Miller came on and played the next 30 games. Uh, he finished the season with 11 clean sheets, uh, which ties him with uh, uh, what's-his-nuts, the Italian. Uh, Manone. Most clean sheets. Manone. Oh, they're just most... tied. I think I'm – ooh, I think I told someone wrong then. I think – yeah, I think they're tied. Uh, they both had 11 clean sheets. Uh, and then uh, Tyler Miller um, went and got the fucking uh, Rona uh, right before a playoff game. And Dane St. Clair had to step back in uh, after not playing for four and a half months, five months, basically, uh, and proceeded to lose three to one. Uh, again, none of those goals were his fault, honestly, uh, against Portland in the playoff game. So uh, I'll go back and forth. Uh, MJ, let me start with you. Any 
any other thoughts on the keepers and what was your grade for the keepers this year? Well, so I think of uh, the goalkeeper as the last back is needing to be a rock. So I give Miller, I give Miller eight Dwayne Johnsons and then, and I give DSC seven Dwayne Johnsons. And Dwayne Johnsons are good. The rock. Yeah, yes, I'm familiar. I'm just, I'm just making sure I understand your grading. I think the scale. listeners will figure it out, and you will figure it out eventually. But okay. out of how many Dwayne, like, what is the best Dwayne Johnsons that you get? Ten. Ten. Okay. I'll, I will All say right. that. Yeah. So, okay. so seven out of ten Dwayne Johnsons for 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 Saint Clair. Okay. Uh, I would just, give Zendejas oh, a, a a how do we put this? If you're grading on a curve. 10 out of 10 Dwayne Johnson's because I think he did everything that was asked of him. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Jess. Already Zeller's tired of his own idea. <laughs> <He's gonna> be... <laughs> all right. So here's what I say. First of all, apologies to the woman in the supporter section who I said Tyler Miller had a better record than Vito Minone. Apparently, they're just tied. I apologize for overstating and overknowing. My bad. But still, when I think about Vito Minone, I think about, oh, it's like, oh, like, he's the bar in my mind. And so I was, I'm still think that like Tyler Miller's performance is three licks to the center of the Tootsie Pop. A one, a two, a three. And you can get maximum of three licks to the center of the Tootsie Pop. All right. Uh, yeah, I uh, this I think this bit's gonna be fucking awesome. Just FYI, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I think I think the, the keeper was the. We talked about this a lot over the course of the year. Very rarely was Tyler Miller the 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 fuck up the problem uh, with Minnesota's mm -hmm. defense, and uh, so you know I'm gonna give the generally the the goalkeeping uh, situation uh, four Heaths out of five. Um, and Heaths are bad, right? No, Heath. In this circumstance, Heaths are good. These are Heath bars. Four Heath bars out of five Heath bars. <laughs> um, That's good reception. I'm going to I'm going to uh, turn around though and say uh, Fred Emmings and, and the 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 treatment and use of Fred Emmings uh, gets five Heaths, which is five Adrian Heaths, which is fucking shitty. So. <laughs> Four Heath bars for the general goalkeeping generally, um, Miller and DSE. I don't think I don't think Dane Sinclair uh, was at fault for for a lot of the goals that we he gave up in those first four games. Um, he certainly wasn't at fault for most of the you know three the, all three goals uh, against Portland. It was his defense that let him down. I think if Heath had stay stay with Dane Sinclair, um, he would have it would have been fine. We would have recovered and we would probably have been in the same situation we were with Tyler Miller. Um, however, his treatment with uh, the young, young boy, Fred Emmings, who is like six, two. So he's a young boy, but he's, he's a very tall kid. Um, that is a uh, five Heath out of five, which is very, very bad. So, okay. Wait, moving yeah. along. In prime, prime years, right. In soccer years. Yeah. Goalkeepers tend to, uh, 
be in their peak uh, years, like later, like in their late twenties to early thirties. Um, unlike right. you know the the attacking players or the the outfield players. Okay. Outfield players tend to peak a little. Kind of really depends on on your on your position on the field where you tend to peak. Um, the further up the field, the like the, the lower age the start of your peak is basically. Um, okay. So speaking of uh, men with uh, uh, higher peak, higher age peaks. Uh, let's do the defense and we'll start with center backs. Uh, Boxel, Debassi, Coleman were our main culprits back there. Um, Jess, let me start with you on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, center backs, what do you got for Boxel, Debassi, and uh, Brent, uh, right wing Coleman? Um, I got gosh, I, I can't give them three out of three licks because of the inconsistency. So I'm going to say two out of three. So we're not at the center of the Tootsie Pop, but we're close. Fair I enough. think, oh, sorry, I th- go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I think Debassi started uh, stepping up towards the end of the season. I was more impressed with his uh, game, but when he fucks up, I feel like he still fucks up pretty badly. Um, whereas Boxel is, um super consistent but when he fucks up he fucks up really badly like the own goal situation um but he he does that like one in a hundred and coleman for all his flaws is pretty i mean i feel like we can expect a mediocre consistency yeah i think that's fair um yeah, I'll give these guys basically two and a half Heaths uh, for the season. Uh, Boxel can play like one of the better, like one of the better center backs in MLS. Um, oh yeah, but he does have the, he does have those occasional like brain farts where he just doesn't track back, doesn't mark his man, what have you. Uh, I would really, really, really love to see a. Uh, a five man back line with Debassi out as a, as a sort of um, left center back. Um, but I know that's never going to happen with Adrian Heath, at least not consistently or, or with actual purpose. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck Brent Coleman. Uh, so yeah, I'll give it uh, two and a half uh, Heath, Heath out bars. Um, Heath out bars. So, yeah. Two and a half Heath out bars. And then there's no, there's no negative heat. There's no uh, Heath for this one. Cause we didn't have anybody else basically that played at center back this year, other than maybe like one or two people in very, very short one-off stints. So um, MJ, how about you? What's your uh, center back rating? Uh, I'm going to give Boxall a seven and Debassi a six and Coleman a seven. And since uh, we, we like our, our center backs to be tall, and charging in on set pieces and what else not. And we're going to give them, these are all seven out of 10 uh, diesels, you know. Vin diesels? No, uh, Kevin Nash's. Oh, Kevin Nash's. Yeah. I don't think we have um, pop culture interests in common here. MJ is doing, oh. MJ is doing 90s wrestlers. Oh, 90s, early see, 2000s wrestlers, I think. So right. there we go. Uh, I know who Vin Diesel so, is. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, when you said <laughs> when you said Vin Diesel, I was like, you know that guy is like fucking tiny, right? Um, but uh, he's tiny height wise, wide width wise, right? So, all right. Well, what's MJ? We'll start with you on the fullbacks. Um, in this case, we have Metnir and Gasper, and then theoretically, Yuka Raitala and DJ Taylor. Uh, also, I guess you could throw Hassani Dotson into the mix here because Hassani Dotson played uh, quite a bit of fullback this year. I'm going to make David super happy. I'm going to give all the fullbacks one, just one grade. And we're going to go with we're going to go with six out of ten Mick Foley's for the whole fucking lot. And I almost downgraded it to five because it, it like McFoley, it's like night or day. Are you going to get the good guy or are you going to get the bad guy? Are you going to get the methodical guy or are you going to get the crazy guy? You, you just don't know with this crowd. That's actually, MJ, that is, uh, that is quite fucking appropriate. I, I, resp- I respect the shit out of, the, uh, of, that, uh, of that grading system. I, I, I'm going to do... Well, that's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I so want to go with philosophy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, for for Metnir and Gasper, I'm I'm going. Let's see. I'm doing it out of five Heath bars. Uh, two Heath bars out of five. Uh, for those guys, just because they're criminally under and and simultaneously criminally overused. It, it's so Agreed. weird watching our fullbacks. Uh, it's it's like like they'll have one game. Like Chase Gasper will have a, like a game where he's he's fucking Pedro uh, on offense. <laughs> he's Chase on defense, and you're like, okay, man, if you could put That's that together it. with with a good Romain Metnier game, and then the next game, Romain Metnier will have a, a really good game where he'll be crossing, he'll be he'll be picking passes out, and then Chase Gasper will have a fucking Chase Gasper game the entire way. Yeah, and they never put it together. And considering how Minnesota likes to. Um, weirdly wants to run their fucking offense through um, their fullbacks and, and crossing the ball in. They have yeah. one guy who can actually do it in Metnir. One guy who's gotten to his credit, gotten a little bit better, but like, um, you know, when the bar is so goddamn low, you can moonwalk over the bar. It's not a high bar. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> and Chase Gasper moonwalked over the shitty ass bar that uh, Adrian, he set for him this year. And then I'm, I'm giving again, uh, I'm giving five Heath's, to Ritala and DJ Taylor because mostly because the fuck you signed Yuka Ritala for and not fucking play him uh, as a left fullback uh, when he's starting as a left back for the fucking Finnish national team. I just, I just don't understand. And uh, yeah, that's uh that's five heaths for me, bro. Um, Jess, what are your uh, fullback ratings? How many licks? Well, I know Romaine gets a lot of licks because, you know, yeah, dude's cut. I, I'm not taking that analogy any further, but believe me, it's killing me. Go on. Okay, I will. Um, like you, what you just said really resonated with me about Metanier and Gasper. It's like, I feel like they carry a lot of the, I don't know. I mean, how often are they a Freddie Adu or Fred? bad or good in our reviews right like when they're good they're good and when they're bad it's killing me son like so 
again, I, I got to give them two out of three because, but like, honestly, if we had played DJ Taylor and this other name that I still can't pronounce because I don't do it often enough, Mr. R. Yuko Raikala. Raikala. Yep. Sorry. Um, I feel like if either, either one of them had gotten double minutes, right? We would be far closer to a three out of three licks to the center of the Tootsie Pop. That's all I have to say. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, all right. So center of the midfield. So this is the uh, the um, the two in our four, two, three, one attack that we like to do. Uh, Will Trap, Ozzy Alonso, Jan Gregush, uh, Hassani Dotson, Jacory Hayes, Joseph Rosales played a lot here. He also played a little bit on the wing um, in the attack. And then Azil Jackson, who was signed and played uh, as MJ hopefully pointed out here, zero minutes for us in the, in on the, on the, I don't even know if he got loaned out. I think he was just on the fucking roster to yeah, play. He's a young homegrown and yeah. He's so, just there. Anyways, uh, I'll start with the central midfield. Um, Will Trap, I think, uh, Exceeded my expectations for what I thought he would get or what we get from Will Trap. Ozzy Alonso, uh, I think, exceeded my expectations in the second half of the season. I think he had a really crappy mm -hmm. start to the first half of the season. I think mm -hmm. he needed to sort of literally get, you know, you know, get himself fit for the season, you know, build himself up. And then by the end of the season, he was playing really well. He was actually one of our better players towards the end of the, end of the season. Jan Gregush, I don't know. Uh, apparently he, uh, had, to, he must've like, uh, walked in on, uh, Inchi fucking his wife and took some pictures. And so he had pictures. And so, and she said, fuck you, or I'm not playing you. Cause he played 18 minutes, uh, or something over the course of the last like six or seven games. Um, so he's yeah. gone and not great. Uh, Hassani Dotson, uh, again, we, we put Hassani Dotson here in the, in the central midfield. He played, um, he played in the attack. He played uh, both left back and right back. Uh, he played both positions in the in the the two here, and he played as, as the six and the eight. Um, the dude played everywhere. He was not great anywhere, but that's a, that's a uh, because he was fucking forced to play everywhere and not he couldn't actually sit down and and like Find hammer a out a position. Yeah. He looked really good early on in the season when he was playing with Will Trap. He looked really really fucking yes, good. Yes, he did. And uh, and then all of a sudden he's like he's just like your, you know, he's your, um, your utility infielder, uh, the guy you're just playing anywhere you possibly can. And mm -hmm. he got worse because of it. And it sucked. Jacory Hayes, uh, who played early on the season and I thought played really well would come in. And then all of a sudden he just like stopped playing, ceased to get on the field. Uh, Joseph Rosales who came in mid season, uh, young kid. Uh, and he actually is, he looked decent in his, you know, short little cameos, and then again, I mentioned the Azil Jackson, who I guess was just basically practice team fodder. So uh, in terms of the central midfield, I'm going to give this, uh, I guess, three Heath out bars. So not bad, not great. I don't, it was not managed well. Um, so in terms of like midfield management, I'm going to give it, uh, uh, again, I'll give it three Heath. So not, you know, not the worst. He could have managed this, this uh, central midfield a lot better, especially the the stunning lack of Gregus uh, towards the end of the season. 
um, mm -hmm. a dude who started in the uh, uh, Euros for Slovakia, um, again, is yeah, is why isn't he quite, starting? Quite astounding. So, uh, Jess, why don't you get, we'll go to you next? So, yeah, I give it um, three Heath out bars for the actual like players who played and three Heath out three Heaths for uh, the just mm -hmm. general lack of management on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I see now why you uh, did your scheme the way you did, because I'm having a hard time, like I'm just grading what happened, right? Like there's a certain level of assumed Heath responsibility that I feel if you've listened to any other episode of this podcast <laughs> ever should be, um, I, I want you to know that I'm accounting for that in my grades. Um, and so that being said now, uh, though it, it needn't be, I give them one, just just one. We, and I, like I said, there's, I think a lot of that in this particular case has to do with Inchi, but uh, he's, you know, they're not helping him help them either in some regard. That was her. MJ? When you look at the stats for passing accuracy, the top two loons are Alonzo and Trap. So those two guys get nine out of 10 Bret Hart's excellence of execution right there. But Dotson and Hayes, they don't get lower because of their ability more somewhat but mostly because i don't think they got the playing time they deserved i thought they were both very good players and would be better if you invested in them with game time now i don't see training i'm not at training i'm not with them in the locker room but it seems like they would be both really good pieces if we invested them and gregoosh well i mean why I know Trap and Dotson looked really good. I know Trap and Alonzo in the end stretch were fucking phenomenal. But that doesn't mean you have this guy out there and you never play him or you rarely play him. You sub him in once in a while. So I I don't know. I feel like that's investment that kind of went down the shitter that we, again, could have invested more in. So I don't know what to give the rest of the guys. But, you know, the, the two main guys, I'll, I'll give nines out of ten. Red hearts. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, man. There we go. Uh, all right. Let's move to the attack then. Uh, we'll start with the wings on the central attacking mid as part of this. This is the three of the four, two, three, one. Robin Lude, Ethan Finley, uh, Bebelo Reynoso, Frank Payne, slash Almond Cream, Nico Hansen, and Justin McMaster. Uh, Justin McMaster did not see much playing time so a little bit early in the season. Uh, Nico mm -hmm. Hansen, again, same thing. He got some time early in the season. We very rarely saw him in the second half of the season. So the main guys here, Lude, Reynoso, uh, and Payne, Fragapane, uh, with Finley uh, being the, you know, often sub there. Uh, what starts, Jess, how about we start with you on this one? Okay. And so... you can, if you want, if you want to, if you want to carve out a specific Finley, uh, lollipop lick and then just do the rest of everybody else that's totally fine um, too. I'm, I'm gonna give you that so i don't think i can i 
<laughs> I don't think I can uh, talk and chew gum. I don't think I can talk about Ethan Finley and lollipops in the same sentence. Fair enough. Uh, uh, also, resisting going any further. Difficult. Carrying on. Renoso. Okay, that's three out of three. He makes magic. Um, it's a shame that he doesn't have um, built-in consistency around him, like a, at least a number two. Um, but he's three out of three. I would say Finley is three out of three, but I, I'm, I'm probably not the news of the day has probably swelled my heart to maybe inflate his vote um, or grade, if you will. Um, I really, I liked what Nico Hansen was doing at the beginning of the season. I loved what he did when he was subbed in um, versus Portland round one. He was creative, he was energetic, he was what I remembered him to be from the beginning of the season, even though I hadn't seen him in forever. Um, so uh, those guys, hats off threes all the way around. I think even though Lude is a top scorer, I still, I still don't feel like I can count on him like I can count on Reynoso or Finley. Um, and that could be perception. But um, Frank Payne, almond, almond creamy, dreamy, supremey. I don't know. I'm just, I've got a kind of an eyebrow up on him. Um, overall, the season, I is give it because him he's a racist. What is it because he's a racist? Um, I can't say that doesn't play into my grade. No, I mean, the season's the season, and that happened during the season. And but, like, he you said know, racist language. I, I, I don't know whether he did or he did not. But I still give him one out of three licks and a raised uh, eyebrow. <laughs> MJ, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on our wings uh, and our basically our midfield, our 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 three there? Yeah. So Ray gets the top dog spot, but compared to what he should be. His Packer accuracy was was horseshit towards the end. He was creating turnover. He was giving the ball away on risky shit. Whether he was trying to do too much or he wasn't surveying the field enough, or he just gave the ball away too much for what we expect him to do, which is to keep the ball in the attacking third and progress the ball in the attacking third uh, in a way that that creates goal scoring opportunities. So he he's. We're going to keep him. He's obviously super awesome, but I felt like at, in the end stretch, we didn't get consistency out of him. I thought Lude was fairly consistent all year, but that was kind of mediocre. Mm -hmm. Like he scored goals and that's commendable, but also, and he knew where to be. He, he's so good at knowing where to be most of the time, but, uh, Finley and Frank Payne both really impressed me with their work rate on the defensive side in a way that I did not expect. 
I did not expect them to track back as much as both of them did. Um, and then Hanson and McMaster should have been subbed in at the 60th minute every fucking game. Um, Hanson on the right and McMaster on the left. If we're winning, let, let's see if they can score more goals. If we're losing, let's see if they can score more goals. I don't know. Uh, so overall, the attacking uh, group of three that's right behind the, our striker We'll we'll give them you know as a group, you know seven out of ten Ray Mysterios. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <clears throat> <laughs> Fucking Ray Mysterio. Because we want All them right. to be high flying. We want them to be high flying. They're not always. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you guys said a lot of the stuff I was gonna say. Uh, I actually I think uh, Lude Reynoso and and Fragapane when they actually were playing together played for the most part pretty well that last the last game against portland notwithstanding when uh reynoso and and almond cream decided to basically just uh stop playing for the last 25 minutes of the game uh yeah what was three, that about I, it's a good question i don't know when those three were playing were really great i think finley brought in a lot of energy I, the only problem is that uh adrian heath does not know how to fucking use uh ethan finley and and uh nico hansen and just a master to to change games, uh, bring in speed, all that. So, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, like a three and a half, closer to four uh, Heath outs bars for the the general attacking uh, uh, players, and a again a, a five Heath for just complete <laughs> mismanagement of. Of everything this, of this part of, of the of the team because <laughs> again i just i just don't i just don't understand um doesn't have I, to I, still, be I, I don't understand i just don't understand i'm just gonna i'm gonna leave it at that so all right uh finally the last part of the attack uh before we jump into the uh the the uh front office side forwards we had adrian Hunu, uh juan agadello uh, Juan Chope, Ramon Abila, uh, for a short period of time, uh, Fernando Adi and Patrick Wea. And MJ, how about I start with you on, yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. the forwards? Well, I felt that uh, Abila was kind of a last minute ad because things were going more slowly with Unu, and then. Abila wasn't working out how we planned. So then we got Fernando Adi. So I feel like the whole thing is just we're treading water until we can get Unu. And then Patrick Wea and, you know, Juan Aguilero, you know, we saw them with the very few minutes that we saw them. Actually, we saw Juan Aguilero quite a bit, but. For like five minutes at a time. Right, right, right. Several games, just not a lot of minutes. What what we want the the strike strikers to be is just like a stone cold Steve Austin, right? We just want them to. <laughs> that's what we want them to be. But like this Jess, year, Jess like, gets that reference. She gets that one. Know, like, I mean, within my own context, but. They they ended up more like I don't know a, a 
a Bill Goldberg or something like that. Like they're here and then they're gone. And there's some controversy around them that we're never going to know why they're gone. So, uh, so yeah, they, the, as a whole, they get, they get four out of 10 Bill Goldberg. That's <clears throat> generous, my friend. Um, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here next. Uh, honestly, this is like one Heath uh, bar, one Heath bar. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm fading some of my, uh, my other picks here, or, uh, preempting some of my other picks. Uh, this is a uh, five Heaths for management of our forwards period, generally, especially for like the management of bringing in fucking forwards. Why do we bother? Think, we just need more wings. I think, well, here's the thing is that, <clears throat> Uh, fucking, uh, what's his nuts? Cal Williams, uh, said that Unu prefers to play as like a second forward. Mm-hmm. Why in the fuck are you bringing this guy in as like as your, as your, as your, ta- like the, as your, your, your striker? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this? What in what? And, and I'd be like, oh, that's the fucking sporting director, GM's problem. Oh, Guess who the fucking sporting director is? Who the GM is? Who the guy who's, who's making all the fucking uh, decisions? I'll give you one. I'll give you three guesses. The first two don't count. Mark Watson. Yeah, exactly. So five heats on uh, the fucking management of the forwards, which is terrible. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, basically one Heath out bar in terms of like what they did. With I will say one and a half to two. I guess I, I'll say I would give this up to two depending on what who knew does next season, because we did see Robin Lude played like shit his first half season here. Um, mm-hmm. He needed to adjust. And when he adjusted, he's been actually really good. It was also when he was played in his proper position, not uh, on the left, on the left wing where he fucking sucks. So mm-hmm. if Adrian Heath recognizes that Unu needs to play with another uh, strike partner, and can drop in below that guy and can and can work with that person. And so they're playing more of a two-striker system. Maybe Unu is 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 much better. Um, maybe they were just they they had a, a guy that they had planned for and then it just fell apart. And so they're like, well, shit, let's just get Unu. We know we can get him, we know he scores goals, we'll figure it out. They brought in Agadello um, and Fernando Adi, like, oh, maybe we can play these two guys, but they never actually played that system with two strikers, which right. again boggles the fucking mind they kept trying to make this guy do a thing that he's never been he's never done successfully on the professional level so again so i have five heaths for the actual like implementation of your your striker system so uh jess anything else to add on that or give us your licks well i would still say why are you know why do we need forwards i'd keep unu take all the rest of the forwards trade them off and hire wings because it seems like these wings are were better prepared to cross in to the box and we need more of them so that so- renoso doesn't get played into the dirt so, so just, overall, I give the forwards one lick out of three, and that one lick is for Unu only. 
So Jess, you are actually advocating playing a four, three, three, which is what most civilized coaches in this, in this world play now at four, three, three. Well, see, that's because I'm a natural talent and I just pick these things up like a sponge as I go. It's very organic. You do she need also a number recognizes nine. How much, how well the heat four, two, three, one works with Lude up at the top. Right. Exactly. You know, so, and, and so more, more wings. I, I don't know if you remember the era when we thought we were hoarding wings on, on this club at the expense of not caring about defense at all. Hmm. Oh, it, that was... it doesn't seem like it was that long ago when. But it, it was like, it was like, it was like two Molino and a half years ago. Ibarra and Bashim Kadri and Frank's Pang, Pangop. And like, we just had all these wings. Yeah. Joshua yeah. Gatt. All right. Well, were we let's doing move better on. Then? It's, this is, <laughs> no, no, we this weren't. Is, <laughs> this is taking a lot longer than I thought. Um, obviously, we're all planning on stuff, which is fine. Uh, coaching staff, uh, Adrian Heath, uh, Ian Fuller, Sean McCauley, and then Stuart Kerr. So Ian Fuller, Sean McCauley are the assistant coaches. Stuart Kerr is the goalkeeping coach. Um, I'm going to start here because I this is my I'm going to fucking start here. So I'm sorry, okay. guys. This is my fucking Wait, podcast. Go. I'm going to start here. This team, no one was 20, counting. this team conceded 22 goals in the last 15 minutes of the first and second halves this season. Um, I didn't look up and see how many goals this team has uh, uh, conceded um, this season. I'm actually going to do it right now as I as I stall. Um, but that's fucking terrible. Conceding 22 goals in the last 15 minutes of, of either the first half or the second half. This team conceded 44 goals. Half of our goals. Well, no, this is but this is actually in the regular season. This team conceded 47 goals this year. Um, Half almost half of the goals they conceded were in the last 15 minutes of the goddamn first and second half of the season. That's on the fucking coaching staff. And the training that's staff. A, that's yeah. that's um, well, yes, and the training staff. Okay, which is I think I would we we're not gonna talk about the training staff, but I think I would consider that part of the, the coaching staff, right? Okay, that there's there needs to be uh fitness and things like that. Um and yes. It's also on the players. Like you can't concede in the last 15 minutes of a, of a half, um, whether it's the first or the second half, but it's also, th- there's a reason you don't just concede that many fucking goals in, you don't concede Ever. half of half of half of your goals that you've conceded for the season uh, in the last 15 minutes of, of the first or second half. If you don't have fucking managerial problems, mm. man, like I just, there's, like I understand, like at, in the if it was mostly in the last of if like you had a, a significant chunk of those uh, were in the second half of the uh, fifteen last few minutes of the second half, right? You have then you have then you have endurance problems and you have um, training problems and you have also again managerial problems that that you're not actually rotating your roster properly, that you're not bringing in the proper subs to do the goddamn fucking job that you need to goddamn do. <laughs> Fresh legs so, change games, right? Fresh legs. Should change games. You know what also changes games? Uh, one poet philosopher once said to me, goals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that being said, that's my that's my little mini rant on uh, Adrian Heath. I'm giving the coaching staff uh, zero Heath bars. 
uh, out of out of five, zero, literally zero. Um, this team underperformed all year. They shot themselves in the dick uh, <laughs> with the zero zero and four start to the season. <laughs> they they dropped uh, of a possible nine points. They dropped seven uh, from being a man up for 120, like 100, I can't remember, it was like 130 minutes. They were a man up and they, and they, they dropped seven points. They, they got two points out of possible nine. Um, this team should have been a two or three seed in the playoffs. They had the talent to be a two or three seed in the playoffs. They ended up a five seed and got uh, uh, punched in the face by Portland and a team that they had basically fucking dominated since April of 2018 yeah. and Gio Savarisi was like, yeah, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. Um, and that's unacceptable. It's fucking unacceptable. So uh, zero Heath out bars, but five, yeah, heats, five fucking heats for that. So um, I, I'm going to go need to have a smoke. So I'll let you, you guys decide who goes <laughs> first. Okay. I, Cause I, I just, Fucking blew my load on that one. So I got to go. <laughs> Should we break? We can All break. Right. No, no, no. Just go first, then MJ. Um, well, you know, like the only technical coaching staff people names I'm recognizing are Heath, of course. And I give him one lick out of three which is half a lick because he's inchy and and I um Manny Lagos and I'm not impressed with him either yeah I don't think we're getting to that we'll talk about we'll talk about Manny a second so uh okay well I don't like him okay okay that's all MJ. I want to go on a short rant about Sean McCauley because please do when, when he was first brought into this club, which I believe was, was, was last season, 2020, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and so he was brought in, they moved Mark Watson, the former defensive coach to now being a sporting director. And then they brought in Sean McCauley to be the new defensive coach. I was like, good, because we need better defense. And that was after we had got Ike Opara and Ozzy Alonso, which greatly improved our defense. And I still was not that impressed with defensive coaching. So Sean McCauley comes in. And I feel like last year we had a pretty good year as far as conceding goals and having a tough defense. And this year, it, it, it was horrible. Okay, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't FC Cincinnati bad. But now, another thing that Sean McCauley was brought in to do or said what was one of his strengths on his resume is being a player coach and that he would be kind of a nice buffer or go between between Keith and the players. And I can only imagine it in practice. Sometimes Keith says something and a player doesn't get it and Sean McCauley can translate that into, you know, English. But is he having to do so much of the latter that he can't teach them defense? That's that's what MJ Anon wants to know. 
sport, the, the coaching staff as a whole, the, it's so hard to know where coaching begins and ends and when you just have to leave it for the players to do their thing. But going based on perception, because that's all we can go on, Mm-hmm. You know, they, they get, you know, okay, Fuller, Macaulay, and Stuart Kerr, they get like, you know, five out of 10 frassy, uh, classy Freddy Blassies. And then Heath gets like, you know, three out of 10, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenans. Because <laughs> sometimes it just seems like he likes to, uh, get the fan, fans angry at him. That, that it really seems like he's really good at that. Mm, yeah, that is. That's, that's actually the Bobby the Brain is actually a, uh, a really great comparison for <laughs> Adrian Heath. Uh, you nerds. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to not, uh, you know, I've, my, my, my wrestling knowledge basically goes up until about 2000. And I basically stopped watching wrestling in 2000. So like MJ is really hitting my sweet spot. Uh, if he has, if he has any Jake the Snake Roberts Ooh, or uh, for Manny Lagos or something, then I, then I might, uh, I might lose my shit. But uh, or uh, Rowdy, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, uh, then I might uh, again, it might lose my shit. But uh, other than that, all right, last, last sort of bit of the of the team, the technical staff. We'll, we'll go very quick here on this. Manny Lagos, sporting director, Mark Watson, uh, as MJ mentioned, uh, moved up last year to become the technical director of the team. And then Amos McGee, which is the director of player personnel. Um, I like Manny as a person. I think Manny's a great guy. Um, As a sporting director, he was definitely overwhelmed in his job. And that's why he doesn't do any sporting directing, basically. He's he's overseeing the academy and the some of the other stuff. Uh, Amos McGee is actually a guy I think who's very involved with uh, player acquisitions. Uh, Amos McGee has tons of contacts around the world. Um, guy's been around the world. He's played in, in MLS. He, he worked for DC United for a while. Uh, and he was actually up, I think, uh, last year for the DC United GM job, uh, the sporting director job, which he ultimately didn't end up getting. Um, so I think Amos McGee is really good. Manny Lagos is, is, I think, in the position that he's in right now with the responsibilities that he has right now is great. He's sort of a uh, liaison to Minnesota soccer. He is a, 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 a bridge builder. He a glad hander. Much, he doesn't have too much responsibility, but people know who he is. So people are excited to see him and meet him. Amos McGee is one of the guys who's doing a lot more of the work on the, on the player side. Mark Watson is the guy who's actually traveling down to South America all the time to recruit Brazilians and, uh, and, and the players down in, in South America. Um, I think in terms of the technical staff and what they brought in, uh, as terms of players for the first team, it's actually been really good. I think we all can agree. Adrian Unu is as can be, in, in given any good circumstances, a great player. Um, obviously, Reynoso was great. Mm-hmm. Frank Payne, when he's on the field and not uh, curb stomping. Um, oh, uh, stop that! Yeah, uh, black players, great, but occasionally does that. Um, wait, wait, wait. Joseph Rosales was was has been seems to be like a really good signing, uh, and so I, I give I give the I give the, the lewd. Um, I mean honestly, yeah, like when he was able, actually able to like uh, 
bet in a little bit. And like I said, I think Adrian Hudu has the same possibility. The so in terms of the international signings, I think the team has been really good. In terms of the domestic signings, um, Will Trap was a good signing. Uh, mm-hmm. Ethan Finley a couple years ago was a good signing, but we're losing him apparently. Um, we haven't really done well in terms of the uh, domestic signings, and that is where I think you know you can lose the, po- the, the you lose the plot really quickly because mm-hmm. we've been we've done really well in the draft, and again this is this is part of the the coaching and technical staff, like identifying good players and players that would fit into the system that we want to run. But I mean, the, the super draft, the college draft for MLS is not, it's not like any other major league uh, sport draft. It's there's not, you generally don't have a ton of, you know, impact players mm-hmm. in the draft. And if you do, they're generally at the top. And Minnesota has done a really good job the last couple of years, identifying players that can, make a major part of their be a major part of their team however that's just going to keep going down and down and so we need to be able to to identify both uh in the united states or in united states and canada and then as well as international and i mean honestly i would love for us to like do a much better job of, of of identifying central america um mexico um and you know all the the caribbean countries in terms of like places where we can identify talent and so i i'll give the technical staff, um, three and a half Heath out bars, because uh, they they identified some really good players. I think that could be good players for us for the next few years. Um, but again, that um, international or that 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 you know MLS internal system that Colorado exploited to great to great success this year, uh, we have not figured it out quite yet. So, um, MJ. Uh- I'm just going to echo most of what you just said. I would, I would like to see them scout more in Mexico and Central America and the Caribbean, but they have done well in certain areas, you know, for every will trap, you know, there's also, let's say, uh, you know, Aaron Schoenfeld and that maybe that's not a fair comparison because it's not apples to apples. You don't, we didn't get Aaron Schoenfeld expecting Starting, playing playing ninety minutes, you know, for thirty some games. For every will trap, there's 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 a one Agadello and a Fernando Adi. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Thank you. So, I don't know. It's, but I would say overall, as a team, the technical directors they get, uh, you know, seven out of ten Eric Bischoffs. We we would we we would like them to be. We would like them to be Vince McMahon's, but they're not there yet as far as talent scouting. Fair enough. Uh, Jess, take us home. Uh, you apparently don't like Manny Lagos. I'm just, just his big dumb face. Like, that's what he is. He's a big dumb face and he shows up to shit with his big dumb face and the Minnesota United logo. And that's about all I give him credit for. Done. Mic drop. So zero licks. Not even on his best day. Oh, oh yeah, zero licks. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. So that is our very uh, our, our you know scientific method uh, twenty twenty <laughs> evaluation of the of the season, all doing different uh, things. We combed a lot of data to give you that rating. Yeah. System. 
So a lot of numbers were crunched. So, so we'll we'll obviously talk a little bit more about what Minnesota needs to do in the offseason. Um, but I think there was a good a good question uh, that I think makes sense for us to just at least have a, a very brief conversation. Then we'll take a break um, and then do the other United news and a little bit of uh, world soccer stuff. Um, and the question uh, it, it's a it's a related question from uh, Chad uh, at CS at CS Money nineteen eighty uh, Hop Clouds dude. Man City fan, uh, I mean, which is kind of fuck that guy, but he's generally a good dude. Um, Wait, what? With, yeah, with the list of contract options up at the end of the season, will be will we be able to fill the spots before the new season kicks off? Which open spots are the most critical? And I think the, actually the the proper question here, um, Chad, and I, and I apologize if I'm trying to paraphrase your question here, is I think what do we think are Minnesota United's uh, positional priorities this off season? Right. And that's assuming that the players who are, you know, still have extensions are, are coming back um, for the most part. Uh, the people who have who don't have options who are going to be free agents are gone. Um, what do we think Minnesota's priorities are? And uh, I guess we can go. Let's, let's maybe go like. Jess, do you have do you have a list of, of priorities for the for the team or? better okay how about mj and i kind of go back and forth yeah and how about can, you, you guys can, do you can one. interject so so um so i think uh my biggest priority for this team uh is a starting number 10 um or sorry no so not not 10 i i missed i missed that a starting number nine I, uh, uh, an actual striker um we need somebody uh not who who's not adrian unu uh who can do the job that we know he's coming back for it for the next year um, that it was announced by Ju Jeff Reuter in, uh, in the athletic uh, piece that went out. So unless Adrian Heath is willing to change up his system and have two strikers up there, we need a, we need an actual striker who can do the job that Adrian Heath wants his striker to do, which is do hold up play, but also not be, 35 fucking years old and and have creaky knees and not actually able to run we need someone who can do that job um who's like 25 seller you just described me to a t i can't run i'm <laughs> over 35 years old everything pops and creaks good times bitch me too like that's... <laughs> so so that's so i think that that's like if we actually if that's if we actually want to continue to, to run the system and, and Heath will be running the system next year. Um, we need someone who can actually do the fucking things. things that he wants that number nine to do. MJ, who, what is your number one uh, need for Minnesota United in the off season? My number one would be uh, another starting center back. That's uh, my number two. Yeah. So we, we need depth there. Uh, I like Debassi when he's not stepping up and letting people run by him. And I like Boxel when he sees the field and can see everybody coming and he's not overly focused and kind of in no man's land. Yeah. So he's I think we have one who's a vocal leader there. We have, we have opposite ones and twos. I think yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I would, I, it shouldn't be surprising. Cause I, 
I love defense so much and I prioritize it above everything, even though I will agree with you. We, we do need a Heath style striker, whatever that it means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also say with that, with that starting center back, uh, we need somebody. So if we can get, uh, if we can get a good left footed center back in that actually allows us to, to move Debassi out onto the, to the left fullback position. Right. And push Gasper, you know, to the bench if we need him to, or, or, or again, like I said, to run uh, a five, three, two or something and run a two striker system with, you know, so having getting, and I think I would prioritize, I would prioritize a left footed center back over a right footed center back. Are you, are you in agreement with that? Or are you, or would you, do you don't care? You just, you want someone who could play center back. You know, it's at center back. I'm not as concerned with, with footedness so much, but maybe you should explain to me why you, you want a particular, what do you say? You wanted a, a left footed. So, I mean, so Debasi is left footed, right? Boxel's right-footed. And generally, you're right. You don't necessarily need to... Your footedness is not a, a huge concern. Um, however, when you are thinking about your center back and, and how they're going to be, hopefully, spraying balls out... Um, right. I, I Correct. I understand you, that. You would like to have... I mean, just like with, like with hockey, with uh, uh, right-wingers yep. and left-wingers, right? You want to have them shooting on the correct side. But you can, yeah. you can be a right-handed left winger. It's not it's not like the end of the world, right? But you it, it's it's a little everything moves a little, you know. It's a little simpler. janky. Yeah, it's a little janky if it's if it's not. But you can do it, and obviously other teams do it all over all over the world. So, uh, all right, who's your uh, what's your like third want for for this team? I have a, I have a lot, so I I can I can go for a while. Oh, you know. My third starting spot is is a DM, but I mean more than more than a, a defensive midfielder, and you know if we can get Kervin Ariaga from Honduras, that that would be great. He's twenty three years old, fits the part of a defensive midfielder. But I would say even more important than that is we need a we need a backup to Reynoso. Preferably someone young who can kind of be mentored by Reynoso and someone who can just come in and soak up minutes, right? Where, you know, putting in Hayes and switching to a 4-3-3 from a 4-2-3-1 is okay. But wouldn't it be better if we could stay in a 4-2-3-1 and have someone there that could be more Reynoso-like? And I will fully admit that Hayes could be this person and he's just having given him the chance to, to prove that he can do it. But I was, I was just going to say like, should, I mean, theoretically Hayes has played with Reynoso for a year and a half now. Like, well, shouldn't he like, I mean, if, if, if you really like, if I was Jacory, if I was Jacory Hayes and I had this, this dude who is fucking amazing in front of me and be like, I'm going to watch that guy. I'm going to do everything that guy fought, like, pot, like, fucking does. <laughs> I'm just going to try to emulate that guy as much as I possibly can so that my manager knows that if he needs to take that guy off or that guy gets a, a yellow card or that guy gets a red card, he can put me in and I can do the same job. I mean, is, is, so I guess 
obviously we're not at practice, right? So we don't know. Yeah, no. I would imagine like why is Jacor Hayes not doing that? Well, so if I remember correctly, in the crazy year that was 2020 in the compressed schedule, Keith did put start Hayes in the 10 spot at least he once, did, yeah. maybe twice. Yeah, and, several times. And before Renoso got there. Correct. Thank you. And I don't remember it being that horrible, but you know, it wasn't. but again, it seems like now when Keith wants to make that sub, it doesn't, it seem like they switched to that four, three, three. They don't play the four, two, three, one anymore. That's what it seems like to me. It's like they, it, 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 it seems like they, they take out, take out Reynoso and then they, they do something with the striker. Like they rarely move Lude up to striker at the same time they, they put Hayes in. But that, that's just me. I, I could be wrong. That's my perception. Right. Is no, when they, put, it, when they put Hayes in more than often than not, they're switching to a 4-3-3. No, I think you're right. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know why they do that because like, why not just, yeah. Again, doesn't but, matter. Doesn't, it, it doesn't so make I guess sense, so. my third choice is caveated. If Hayes is not your backup number 10 that you can trust to play in a 4-2-3-1 for Reynoso, just you're playing against FC Cincinnati and who gives a fuck or Reynoso needs a rest or Reynoso's injured, whatever. If he's not that guy, we need to go out and find that guy. Yeah. Um, I'll say, so my third is a, 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 a starting defensive midfielder. Uh, I know, I think Ozzy probably will be back. I know we have an option on Ozzy Alonso this year, so I'm guessing we'll, we'll pick up his option. Obviously we have Will Trapp. We have Asani Dotson. Um, we need to, we need to get somebody, who maybe not is going to start right away. Um, maybe Ozzy Alonso starts at the beginning of the season, but we need someone who will basically be stepping into Ozzy Alonso's shoes. I don't think we have that on the roster right now. No. Hassani Dotson is not that person. Um, they will tried Trapp Will Snap and Hassani to be that will person. Will Trap yeah. is not that person. Hassani Dotson no. is not, again, not that person. No. We need to, we need to bring uh, in a, a defensive midfielder who can step in for Ozzy Alonso. Um, I would really love to move Ozzy Alonso into the coaching staff. Uh, in 2023, maybe even like retirement season and step in in 2022 as a, as a, as a coach. Um, but we, I think I would bring in a midfielder, a defensive midfielder, a destroyer, uh, would be my number three in terms of what we need to bring in. So does Ozzy have coaching aspirations? I would assume so. It's, it kind of sounds like when he signed his, when he signed his new deal with us. That, that was mm-hmm. kind of the plan. It's like he's going to play two more years, so this year and next year, and then maybe transition into, if, if not coaching, front office stuff. So mm-hmm. I think he wants to stay involved in soccer in some capacity. He seems to really like it here. Um, I could also yeah. see him going back to Seattle or uh, going back to yeah, going back to Seattle. Um, but he seems to really like it here. So I don't know. Uh, my fifth positional priority um, is backup fullbacks. Backup slash starting fullbacks for both uh, uh, left and right. Um, I think a starting fullback on the left-hand side and a backup on the right-hand side. Because um, I think I, I really, I, I still like Metnir on the right-hand side. I think Jace Gasper needs some competition. Uh, I thought you could would be that in that he was, you know, starting for a, a fucking national team. Right. And he never, he never got an opportunity to take that job from Chase Gasper. And Chase Gasper just got a contract extension, so I'm guessing this is not going to be a high priority for Minnesota, but this would be super high priority for me would be a, a starting 
a potential starting left fullback and then definitely bringing in someone who can um, uh, spell Romain Metnier on the right fullback so we don't have to bring Hassani Dotson back to the right-hand side uh, to play defense. MJ, do you have anything else? No, I have nothing else. Okay. We'll, we'll save it for another pod, I think. My, my yeah. full Christmas wish list for Minnesota United or something. We can do that. We can do that. Yeah. In a little bit. So, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will do other United news and then wrap up the podcast. We have a little bit of other stuff. So we'll be right back. want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we All right. Welcome back uh, to the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, other United news. We have a little bit of, of, of news that we found out. We're actually going to find out a lot more tomorrow, actually, weirdly, the day after we record this podcast, because uh, that is the deadline for exercising team options. Uh, Coleman, uh, Will Trap, Ozzy, Grey Goose are all people that we have options on. Um, they need to have contracts tendered. I would assume that Coleman, Trap, and Ozzy get contract centered. Obviously, I think Jan Gregus is not in the plans for Minnesota United, but weirder things have happened. Uh, one person that we do know is more than likely gone is Ethan Finley, uh, which is a sad, sad day for Jess. Uh, he was offered a contract. Um, he has turned it down. That doesn't mean he's not returning to Minnesota. It's just that he can, he is, he can actually be a free agent, so he might test the free agent waters. MJ. Conflicting reports. There's been another tweet that sent out that Ethan was not offered a contract. I have no idea about the legitimacy of that source or not. So that's why I'm saying conflicting reports. Andy Greeter says he was offered a contract. So, and yeah, we trust Andy Greeter, so we're we're going to go with his report. But um, he's more likely not on this team next year, uh, which is a sad uh, a sad day for a lot of Minnesota United fans. He was he was a uh, obviously a fan favorite. Um, a uh, local kid, um, born in Duluth, grew up in Superior. Unfortunately, he grew up in Wisconsin, but we're, you know, we'll give him that. We don't whatever. hold it against him. Uh, he's definitely been one of the most outspoken uh, players of the team, willing to talk to the media, willing to engage with fans. And uh, uh, Papa Finley, uh, his dad is actually one of the, uh, a great Twitter follow as well. Um, and also engaging with fans. So if he is officially gone, it's, it's sad. Um he, you know, he was good for us. He was not great for us. I think he, his finishing um, leaves a little bit to be desired, but the dude fucking hustled. And I think he was never actually properly used in Minnesota Agreed. as, as a super sub. Cause the guy had a fucking, he has a, he has a fucking jet engine on him um, and he can run. And he was never actually properly used as a super sub just going at defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go at defenders a lot. If you, um, e- even if you are going to, if you miss some of your shots, because if you just keep like an energizer bunny, you just keep fucking going at him and at him and at him. Eventually they break down. Um, I think Ethan Finley, when he was most properly used was in that role. And he was mm-hmm. very rarely used in that role. So, which is a uh, unfortunate So, And also, I mean, Adrian Heath is a, is a fucking dick. So hopefully he goes to a team that is a good manager who understands how to use Ethan Finley properly. And the man can score 10 or 10 goals, get a couple assists. 
and just be a, a game changer for a, a, a playoff team somewhere. So. And get that money, you know, if, especially, you know, wherever he goes, I just hope he gets mad paid because that would make, that would make it worth his loss in my mind. That's how much I love Papa, Papa Jr. I guess, Finley, no dad bod, dad. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think along with that getting paid is he wants more playing time. You know, he doesn't want to be used as a super sub as much as he is here. He wants, he, he wants to start or he, he wants to be getting so that he's subbed in and being played a lot. And he actually got a lot of minutes this year, but mm-hmm. 11 of those times were, were as a sub. So. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I say super sub, I say super sub coming in at like the 60th minutes, not yeah. coming in like the 75th minute and playing for 15 minutes. Like, you can you can make a you can make a decent living as a really good player who plays 30 to 35 minutes a game playing that last 30 to 35 minutes a game when you know that's your role and that's but when Adrian, you do. but with Adrian Heath like I don't think the dude had any ever had any idea whether he was coming in in the 60th minute or he's coming in, in the 75th minute or he was starting like I think it's all really just very depending on uh whatever um part of Adrian Heath's cycle he was on. Um, and so, and, that's, and that was not a, and it, here's the thing. It, it was an actual proper cycle. It was just like, it would go up and down and all around and other dates would pop over here and other dates would pop over there. And it's just, it, you know, I, I can understand his frustration and I, I, and I get why he came back here. Cause I mean, he wanted to play near home where his family is and he could, like theoretically finish his career here, play like play like five years here and then retire and then get into coaching. But man, like he, he we just drove this guy out. Like it's, he just had a baby and, and like a, he's willing to pick up and go anywhere else, but here that yeah, says something that's his hometown. It's, it's kind of amazing how many people that he, who, who have like, established roots here and would like to spend some time here that he's just driven out. Mm-hmm. Ramirez is a great example. Ethan Finley, a great uh, Miller, Eric Miller, a great example. Like how many dudes? I don't know like, if Ibarra wanted here? to stay, but I wanted him to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that he can't drive out Brent Coleman. I mean, I guess I, that actually speaks volumes to me about the characters of Adrian Heath and Brent Coleman, honestly. Good old but, boys. Um, neither here nor there. Is it? Ethan Finley, one of the things that he most improved on while I got to watch him here is his defense. Like, you could always say that the effort was there, tracking back, but along with that effort, some very good just defensive intelligence on body positioning, where where to attack the ball, how to keep the body in front of you. To be honest, things that some of our back line could learn from. Yeah. Anyways, uh, say la vie, Ethan Finley. I mean, there's a a possibility he could come back. Um, It's not, um, he's a free agent, so it's not, not 
uh, unrealistic possibility, but I would imagine he's probably gone and probably going to a, a, a better spot for him. So uh, if he's gone, speaking, we wish you well. Speaking of other fr- possible free agents, a uh, Brazilian forward that we've been tracking, Rafael, Rafael Navarro, uh, re- rejected Minnesota United's uh, offer uh, most recently. Um, this is based on my rudimentary Spanish uh, and, and it's not even Spanish because it's actually technically Portuguese. So I'm like trying, I'm like trying to like double translate. <laughs> um, he rejected Minnesota United's offer. This is all, this is all again, he rejected in quotation marks, their offer. Uh, he'll, you know, this is just a, a part of the game that they're play. Uh, he is a, he's on a free, so he's not, there's not a transfer fee. It's they're basically negotiating with him to bring him in, in January. Um, I imagine this deal gets done probably sometime in, in January or, or early February um, after, uh, after their season is done. Other United news Allianz is hosting a U.S. men's national team world cup qualifier on February 2nd against Honduras. That's new boys and girls. That's going to be fucking amazing and terrible and frostbitey. So, Oh yeah. That's way too cold to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to that. Yeah. So uh, it should be fun. I might it'll be go the to the first... black heart. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the, it'll be a, the first ever uh, world men, us men's world cup qualifier. I think actually the first ever world cup qualifier in Minnesota, um, definitely for the first of the men's side. I'm not sure if the women ever hosted a World Cup qualifier here. I don't think they ever have. Um, but it's yeah, it's gonna be at Allianz uh, on February 2nd, which is the last day of the. So theoretically, the U.S. could qualify for the World Cup on like with a win in this match. Hmm. Um, because there's this will be the the third of the of the three match window, and they could clear uh, clear enough. Uh, uh, points in the first two games um, they have to go to Canada uh, in between and I think they're hosting El Salvador in Columbus uh, the first match of this window in Jan- January 27th then they go to Canada on the 30th and they come back to Minnesota on February 2nd so if they get nine points or I think if they get seven points I think they would they actually would would qualify for a World Cup and they would qualify in St. Paul that'd be cool MJN on Slack is all buzz because we're, we're playing Honduras, not because Honduras won't like our cold weather, because that means Kervin Ariaga, 23-year-old defensive midfielder that the Loons have been scouting, will be coming here to Allianz. And he will, be, he will then get to see the stadium. And he Beyond. will experience the Minnesota weather. And then we can tell him it'll be a lot, lot warmer in July. But like, like this is all just a roll out the red carpet for Kervin Ariaga on Honduras for him to see his, his potentially new home pitch. Yeah. We can roll, we can bring him, into the loon, bring him into the loons locker room, show him around, you know, say yeah. you could, you could, your locker could be here. Yeah. It's, that's a, that is You're a wine and dine the fuck out of him. That is the least MJ and on uh, MJ and on statement ever on this podcast. So <laughs> I concur. Uh, all right. And then finally, again, the DC Dark Clouds end of the year awards and silent auctions are December 8th at Blackheart. That's in uh, about a week, a little over a week. Um, if you still have silent auction items, let me know. Um, first thing tomorrow, uh, you need to be donated by uh, the first week. That deadline could be a little fungible, um, but you should just um, 
DM me on, on Twitter uh, at Texas Zeller. If you have something you want to donate, um, if you live in the cities, great. I, I'll come pick it up. If you don't live in the city, we can figure out some priority shipping. You can ship it to my house. Uh, and then, yeah, the end of year awards and silent auction uh, on December 8th at Blackheart. I'm just going to point out a couple things that I have procured so people know some of the shit that's going to be happening. Yeah, um, do it. There's, there's a podcast appearance on this the aforementioned podcast here, the Dave's I know podcast. Uh, we got a bunch of Ford Madison uh, signed stuff, including uh, a game ball, a mini ball, uh, a kit, a signed kit. Nice. Uh, Jerome Tieson is donating an FC Rao jersey um, that oh, is yeah. getting shipped to my house. Uh, we have a handmade crocheted blanket from Teresa Peterson, which is fucking they're They are warm as shit because I have one in my house. And she donated one. She stitched an entire big ass throw blanket uh, in Loon's colors. It's great. Um, we have gift cards to the Black Hearts. Uh, we have a karaoke a, party. A karaoke party. We have which is what Jess wants for her birthday, which is January fourth. <laughs> we have a Chris Ramirez uh, Aberdeen jersey that's possibly going to be signed. the The guy no, who's uh, the guy who is uh, donating it to us is in scotland right now trying to get it signed oh my god then he's gonna send it to us as soon as he gets it signed this week hopefully so so there's lots of there's lots of like really good shit and um yeah so there's and then summit's donating uh, a bunch of stuff um carl craig i have a i'm gonna show you guys here the obviously this is a a a, uh audio medium but i'm showing uh, my friends here. Th- I have a giant get bag of shit from Carl Craig. It's- Yay! That includes that includes a uh, Ford Madison Black Lives Matter jersey. I don't know if you saw when they created their Black Lives Matter jerseys. No, it's really it's really fucking cool. Uh, several sign balls from the. And uh, is NASL there a date days. in there? Can I win a date with Carl Craig? Can I bid on that? You'll have to talk to his uh, his wife before that happens. Um, I would imagine. So I I'm going to do that. Yes, I, I I saw him on Sunday and I and I chatted with him and I gave him a hug and all that good stuff. So uh, oh, so you're just rubbing I, yeah, it I'm in. Sure. You didn't. You, he didn't say hi or anything. Yeah. J- J- Anyways, yes, so I'm lots. Sure so- would, <laughs> I'm sure you and Vicky would get along great. Yeah. No, Vicky's Vicky's fantastic. I'm sure you would. Anyways, I yes, get along lots with Vicky. Of- great. Why wouldn't you? Lots of lots of really awesome shit, um, and that's just like the start of it. We have a lot of other stuff in the in the auction. This is just stuff that I've procured in the last like week and a half or whatever. So, um, so please, December eighth, bring your dollar uh, bill. Yes, or just bring your credit cards um, and and or your phone because you can do it online as well. Um, you also, if you can't make it to the auction, there is you can do it. You can bid online as well. So, um, even if you don't want to like have like pay for shipping what well, we're actually gonna have a couple of like pickup option locations um but we'll we're gonna have the auction online i believe next sunday um and it will go through the 8th through i think 8, 8 p.m on the 8th so um it's gonna be very simple very easy to do you can do it online beforehand you can do it online in person um yeah it'd be super awesome super simple so please Support the Dark Clouds, Dark Clouds end of year awards and silent auction. This is like one of my babies. This is the thing I, I spend a lot of time on. Have you picked out year. your outfit yet? I I have. I knew it. Don't worry about it. 
it's 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 also sucks because I have to like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go to this and then I have a soccer game at nine fifty five out at oh, Holy Angels. Oh, that's a bad idea. Yeah, so I have to like I can't get too drunk because I have to go play goalie. So right. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Sounds in a tux. Like a bad time. I'm gonna be in a tux and then I'm gonna have to like go run in the like drive out to fucking Richfield and then play soccer. Um Gross. so yeah. It is what it is. You, you know, you, you you do what you need to do to to live your life. So uh all right. That's uh that's it for other United News. Minnesota Woso. Um, if you are a community owner of the team tomorrow night or tonight, actually, if, if you're listening to this podcast, 7:30 brand reveal is gonna be happening. Um, if you are a community owner, you should have an email. Um, it's gonna be fucking awesome. I've seen just very brief snippets of some of the stuff that uh is gonna be happening tonight. And listen, it they're they're all fucking great. And I've only seen like one bit of one. And I've, I've talked to Wes a little bit and he's like, yeah, everything is like, he's like, that is. So will the, the, so. the final name and the final colors be decided on. Tonight? So my understanding, no, no. My understanding is that, so they're going to do the, the design reveal stuff. So they're going to, they're going to reveal three, the three, Ooh. three different names with, with Ooh. brands and designs. Ooh. And then there's gonna be a vote Ooh. from that. And there's gonna be like, not just like, badges and stuff like potential like merch like different things you could put it on things like that so there's gonna be a whole like a big brand reveal party and then um and then everybody who is an investor will be able to vote on it and then like whatever the winner is that'll be the the one that they go with and i don't know if they've officially decided on colors i think they have color schemes that they're interested in and they want to do um but again, I think that it's kind of up to whatever the board wants to do. So um, if you are not an investor yet, you have like, I think like a couple, you have like basically like a day to get invested uh, or a day or two to get invested because I think they're going to close the next round of investments on December 6th. So if you want to be able to vote in the uh, the brand and in, in the design, um, become a community investor uh, at MNWOSO. Um, they have the link to... Uh, get your uh investment in if you want to so all right mls playoffs uh mj we 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 all theoretically tried to pick winners in uh in the mls playoffs and i don't think we're doing really good so i i just put up a little contest for the three of us to pick winners in each slot of the bracket and typical one point for round one two points for round two three four points for round three and the finals will be six points. And right now, with one quarterfinal game left to play, we are at um, MJ with five points, Jess with six points in the lead, and Zeller at a lowly two points. And I just want to mention that there were things like New York City where we all picked them to win first round and they all won. There's ones we picked differently. But then you get down to the West and man we all did shitty in the west but can, to be fair we all picked minnesota to beat portland and we all beat picked seattle to beat uh real salt lake and who's in the western conference finals portland and real salt lake so you know you guys playing the bracket game at home if you had both portland and real salt lake in the western conference finals hats off to you you would both be getting lots of points in MJ's bracket pick'em contest. And uh, the way that set up 
every every single one of us has a chance to win this thing, depending right. on what happens tomorrow uh, with the New England game, and uh, what happens uh, in the uh, semifinal, or the, the conference final between New England theoretically, uh, and whoever is playing in Philadelphia, Philadelphia. and so, and in the finals. So in the final too. So there there's something for all of us in all three of these games. We all still could win. I just I need Phil. I need New England to win. Just to win out. So nail biter yeah all right uh all right moving on uh world soccer u.s women's national team has some friendlies with australia uh they played friday night mj and uh u.s women's national team beat australia three nothing in sydney it was really refreshing to see a front three that was younger and to be honest well deserved it was this was their time to shine lynn williams ashley hatch and midge purse started up up top Mitch Purse will fuck you up by the way yeah we're gonna get to that I saw your tweet as you know and and the in 24 seconds the third fastest U.S. women's national team's goal 24 seconds in Ashley Hatch wait hold on stop 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 third fastest women's national team goal ever yeah 24 so, seconds third yeah. fastest there Alex are two Morgan. Alex Morgan, no, twelve just, seconds, Costa Rica. No, I know, buddy. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm. Just, I want people to like. I want people to like think about just that for a second. Twenty four seconds. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to give you any shit. I'm like, twenty four seconds is the third fastest goal. Like most teams in the rest of the world, be like twenty four seconds. Our fastest goal ever was like fifteen minutes in, or or five <laughs> minutes in, or two minutes in. 20 in like 24 seconds is the third fastest goal in u.s men's national team history so yeah thank you mj i'm sorry i didn't mean to derail no you no, no no that's that's yeah. all good it i mean ashley hatch won the golden boot in nwsl it's super exciting to see people do well in the nwsl and then convert that into appearances on the national team well deserved for her great assist by lynn williams in kind of a weird playing volleyball with your head, like bumping the ball up with your heads and tracking it. But hats off to Ashley Hatch. The second goal, I know David has some words to say about. It starts with uh, Sofia Huerta and goes to Midge Purse. Midge Purse just breaks a a gal's legs, turning the corner uh, before she hits Rose Lavelle on a cross. Oh, it's just, I mean, Midge Purse, if you don't, if you have not watched Midge Purse play soccer, um, stop what you're doing. <laughs> and, like, Google Midge Purse playing soccer. She plays soccer like, uh, I mean, I try, I, I, I want to say like Carlos Tevas. <laughs> sure. Like, combo she plays combo fucking soccer she will fuck your shit up yeah. I like and she her. doesn't care and she doesn't care and i and yeah again i yeah i fucking love mitch purse man that's my bitch She's, i was gonna say she is uh think of darwin yeah, Quintero, but more speed than power but still a lot of power <laughs> well, well so, put. <laughs> so no no so i mean i, th- I mean i think like so but so like so I think we're all thinking of, of uh, old Carlos Tevis, yeah, like young Carlos Tevis, right? Like young Carlos, like Carlos Tevis before. I mean, Carlos Tevis, but probably before he even went to he went to the Premier League. Like 
yeah, not okay, Carlos Tevez back back in Combat Bowl playing for Boca. Like Carlos Tevez, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like when he was in Boca when he was playing for Boca back when he was like twenty two years old. That dude was yeah, raw power, fucking fast as shit, and fuck people up. That's Mitch yeah. Purse, man. Just go to YouTube, put in Mitch Purse, have fun. Yeah. Uh, and then up. Lindsay Horan uh, eventually seals the deal. Her first time wearing the number 10 kit passed her by Carly Lloyd. Um, gets her first goal in the number 10 kit uh, for with a PK. And U.S. beats Australia 3-0 in Sydney. They play this Tuesday. Nope, That's they play today. this morning. This morning at 3 a.m. Central from Newcastle. New South Wales, Australia, on ESPN. Um, I will probably have this podcast up before then. So if you are listening to this podcast, as soon as it gets downloaded to your podcast, <laughs> feed, you may be able to listen to this game. But uh, yeah, so theoretically, this game will be over uh, by the time you listen to this podcast. So, uh, all right. And that's the last game uh, for the U.S. Women's National Team for the 2021 uh, year, I think, right? Correct. Cool. It, uh, also, I'd like to point out, for those of you that don't remember, in 2023, Australia and New Zealand are co-hosting the Women's World Cup. And so this is a preview for the U.S. women to kind of see what it's like down under. Right. Uh, Merseyside Derby is on Wednesday. MJ, how are you feeling about the Merseyside Derby? Uh, horrible. What's yeah. the Merseyside Derby? It's uh, Liverpool versus Everton. They play in the they're in this they're in the same. So Liverpool city. and Everton are both located in Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. So, and there it's on the Mersey River, Merseyside Derby. Yeah, the Mersey the Mersey River. So yeah, the Merseyside Derby. Um, it's in it's it's at it's at uh, Goodison. So you know. If we didn't have three of our players injured or coming off of injuries, I'd feel a lot better. But you know, you didn't come down to uh, Blackheart to watch it with me. I will be watching. Sorry, I'm going to be watching with with the Minnesota Coffees. Uh, uh, yeah, at La Doña Cerveceria. Coward. I know. Hot date. Uh, It's it's. uh, I think I think Andy Call. Dark Cloud uh, comms chair uh, will be watching with me at so the black card. We, so. Well, and if, if Janice and Squid show up, that, that's two more if they're not working. But I wouldn't be the only Evertonian there, is what you're saying. No, exactly. And I think I might uh, I, I might try to get uh, Rob Pedersen in on Zoom or something so I can watch it with him as well. So oh, there, there that would be, be hilarious. Get him in. There might actually be more Everton fans than Liverpool fans there on a Wednesday. I so I really doubt it. I really doubt. Well, I mean, it's it's tough because of the game time. If, if it was a weekend derby, you know, then I'm sure most of your, you know, then Christian and JJ and Bridget and they'd all come out, right? The other Dave, Robert the Red. I haven't seen any of those motherfuckers all year, by the way, buddy. Well, well, uh, who, who, so, who's, who's there to cheer on Liverpool with you? It's just me, man. 
Sometimes Corey Shruppel. He's growing his own crowd. He's got his kids. Corey Shruppel shows up sometimes. Uh, There's a couple other people. Christian Christian shows up occasionally. I'll give him that. Um, But yeah, it's mostly just me, man. You know, I'm also, I'm often outnumbered. When Liverpool made Crystal Palace earlier this year, I was outnumbered by like five to one. So, but you know what? Greatness prevails. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's on Wednesday, and uh, I think so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Liverpool uh, three, Everton zero, in at Goodison. So, MG, do you have a prediction? What was your prediction? Three nothing Liverpool. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good prediction. Um, yeah, let's go with that. I'll agree okay. with you. Just to be boring. Okay. Uh, and then, right, finally, World Cup uh, qualifying, final draws. Um, so Europe uh, has to play has three more spots available for uh, uh, World Cup qualification. And then there's uh, some half spots available between CONCACAF, Oceania, AFC, and Combable. Um, Let's start with the, uh, the half spots first. CONCACAF got drawn against Oceania uh, for that half spot. So that is the fourth place team in CONCACAF. We'll play the winner of the Oceana, um, which will presumably be New Zealand. And right now it's uh, Panama's in the fourth spot, but they're tied with Mexico on 14 points, uh, one point below the U.S., which is one point below Canada. Uh, AFC, the uh, Asian Federation, uh, and then Comable, the uh, South, Africa, South American Federation, are in the other potential uh, spots. And... AFC, remind me, MJ, it's Australia and who's the other one? Is it you? You right now? There's a lot left to play in both group right. tables, but because they're only about halfway through. But right now, it, if it ended now, it'd be UAE versus Australia, and the winner of that would play Carnival. Right, but Australia is uh, they're like the only ones one point out of second place right and then right. it sounds it, iran and south korea are pretty much locked in they obviously need to do keep winning and doing their jobs but they're they have a distance right correct correct so it's more likely uae or or uh, another team that's just below uae and then potentially australia and then they add they have to play the winner or the the fifth place team in comable right right fifth place team right. yeah right. so um which um, is a I tough like draw. It. So, it, it, it ends up being fifth versus fifth and um People will say that's unfair that that AFC doesn't deserve uh, the fifth place team of AFC doesn't deserve to be in the same room as the fifth place team in Bowl, But I beg to differ. Yeah, Concacaf got a got a favorable draw here, so the fourth place team in Concacaf should beat New Zealand. If you can't beat, but the, the other thing too that the that was um, announced with these things is that they will be one off matches. Normally these have been. Um, uh, two-legged matches. Home and away. Yeah, there only be one-off matches what? in Qatar in June. What? What? Yeah, correct. These oh, matches will like be played as wish. one-off matches in Qatar in, in, in June? June. Yes. What are they? So they'll be they'll be played at probably like two o'clock in the morning wait, in wait, Qatar. Wait. Yes. Less These than are not six the, months. Less than six months away from the World Cup. Correct. Yeah. That's horseshit. I agree. I agree. 
the other, uh, if you're a European soccer fan, horseshit thing that possibly could show up is uh, the World Cup co- uh, qualifying final draws for the European spots uh, were announced as well at the same time. Um, and potentially set up a Italy-Portugal playing for one spot. So the last three, uh, last two European champions um, playing for a spot in the World Cup. Uh, Italy has never missed consecutive World Cups ever. Uh, Portugal hasn't missed a World Cup. Or, yeah, yeah, Portugal hasn't missed a World Cup since, I think, the 60s. And <clears throat> uh, these are the last two European champions. Uh, and they're going to be playing for one spot in the World Cup. Too bad they couldn't beat Serbia and Switzerland, right? In their group, exactly. Yeah. So because this is guess this what the, the Euro the Euros don't serve as qualification for the World Cup qualifier. Yeah. They don't. The Euros don't matter in this situation. You have to do this, well in what's called the World Cup qualifying. This was the uh, the matchup that everybody wanted. That was not either Italian or Port or Portuguese. Basically, <laughs> it's like yes, please let these two play against each other. <laughs> Uh, for World Cup qualification, uh, the other potentially and and here's the thing: if if Italy and Portugal have to play other games first before they get to this game, so both these teams could be eliminated before they even get to this game. Uh, the other, uh, I think, big one uh, is Scotland potentially versus Wales. Scotland is in Wales are both hosting, um, and if Scotland and Wales both win, they will play. And then there's a uh, uh, UK another UK battle for a world cup uh qualification spot scotland i don't think has qualified for the world cup since 1986 i think was the last time that they qualified for the world cup so yeah it's been a while so they're they're essentially to make things more complicated and more horrible uefa by including the nation's league results like two teams from good nation's leagues that haven't that have not yet qualified through other methods get in. So now rather than six teams playing head to heads, they're having 12 teams. No. Yeah. Rather than eight teams. Anyway, rather than having head to heads for the final phase, they're doing three, four team bracket tournaments. Right. And, And it's again, not doing, you know, a table where everyone plays each other once or twice. It's just like, we're going to do bracket, single elimination, uh, everything at stake. So stupid. I don't know. <clears throat> I think it's fun. Oh, it's fun. <clears throat> no, North Macedonia could qualify for the fucking World Cup, buddy. Like, that's what's that's what's up. That's, the, that's pretty fucking cool. As far as I'm How concerned. How cool it would be to see Shevchenko coach Ukraine in a World Cup. That'd be great, right? Yeah definitely definitely so uh all right so i think that's i think that's it unless you guys have anything else i think we've fully we've gone more than an hour i know i'm i'm you know it is what it is but let me on this podcast <laughs> motherfucker yeah we we'll have to we we'll have to readdress this format for podcasting for the for the next year so we'll, we'll have a conversation about that offline how's that sound so uh all right Please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Dave's I know.com, uh, patreon.com slash Dave's I know at TDIKM and on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, uh, I'm at Texas Hour. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jessica is at Jessica 144083. Niner. Niner. Two. Two. Nine.
We are the names you know. This is the names. No. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Check it out, guys. GT.